last time on Join the Party. Anara and Tracy try to get answers from Zeol about Johnny's whereabouts. But Zeol has other plans when something changes on a cosmic level. Zeol scoops the speaker up and leads the party on a chase through space and time, stopping in an enchanted field, the dungeon of Kiko Castle, and a prehistoric jungle with a magical T-Rex. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought it would be fun. Yeah, they give it, uh, give it ice breath. I am going to chop your head off. Luckily, they pick Greg up along the way, who is willing to mend his strained relationship with the party since Alonzo and the speaker's lives are at stake. Greg, I want to welcome you to the Jailbirds, only we said that back when there was a very serious threat against your life. In the final room, Zeul brings the trio to the outer reaches of space, probing each of their minds with temptations of power and knowledge. All they have to do is not touch the glowing purple star. Touch the star, Greg. Touch it. Reach for it. Touch it. All right, I guess we're touching the star. Let's get the party started. The violet glow retreats, and you're back in Zeol's dome. He's leaning against the pedestal that the compass used to rest on. He's back in his relatively human form, uh, his old man clothes with his googly golden eyes. He's pretending to be lounging, but he looks pretty uncomfortable. The speaker is laid out on the floor. She is wholly out of it. She looks incomplete without her poise or the glow that usually surrounds her. It's like a chapel with all the lights off becomes just a room again. All right, you got me. You kicked an old man while he was down. I hope that you're happy. I'm rather happy with our decisions. Yeah, no, pretty, feel pretty good here. How about you, Greg? Wouldn't have changed anything. Why am I, how did we get back here? Oh, Greg. This is so confusing. Um, I was in space. Would a hug help? Yes. I I hug Greg. Roll for hug. <laughs> oh, that's a fifteen. My I think my bonus is a ten. So Twenty five. <laughs> so, sounds right. It's a good hug and surprisingly good. Greg's tall enough that his head like reaches your shoulder and like that little that nice little spot. Yeah, I give him a little bit of like a. Oh, you give him the pity pat back on his neck, back of his back of neck caress. Yeah, a little bit of a pity caress. No, pity pat. like oh. in, a, in a genuine, but way, in like, like a nice com- way, comforting way. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I am ex- surprised. This is a nice hug because you are all. There is no soft parts on you. I'm soft on the inside, Craig. That's gross. <laughs> I'm gonna leave this adorable moment behind and uh, run over to the speaker to sort of peer into her eyes and try to shake her shoulders a little bit, see if she's okay. She's extremely groggy. It's like she's trying to shake herself at an extremely deep sleep. Who is this? It's Inara. It's Inara. Me and Tracy and, and Greg were here. Long story, kind of, uh, but uh, are, you, are you all right? Can I do something for you? you the puppy licks, like a potion, like water. No, I'm, I'm okay. I just need to, I need to sit up. She tries to drag herself towards one of the big desks. Yeah, I'll help her back and kind of prop her up against the desk. And I rush over there and start helping to prop her up as well. Well, I I don't want to ruin such a tender moment, so I'm just going to be on my way. You all have fun. No hard feelings. I'll see Dale, you. Dale, don't move. Just just stay there for I one am an extremely second. busy. I am, I am an extremely busy. I, I, you don't yeah, have I don't any get, friends. I don't want to get in the way The other here. two gods don't like you. All you that's do her, that's is screw her. everything up. That's extreme. Stand there, please. Aren't you supposed to make things better? And how'd you have a body anyway? Wait, you think I just float around in a compass all the time? Of course, I've always have a body when I'm walking around on the plane. What I'm walking changed? Around here. I'll, I'll show you. But you know what? It's, listen, 
I, I say, oh, never backs out on a deal. I do owe you some things. That's right. Okay, you guys, you two, I, you two, get, uh, so get time and space videos. So, uh, come on. Take, get your prize. You, you did all the things that I told you to do. I owe you, I owe you. First things first, what'd you do to the speaker? Is she gonna be okay? So, Zayl pinches his two, his two googly eyes together. He steps back and he picks up the compass. Do you know what this is? Yeah, it's a compass. It's the, it's the home you should be in because you make less trouble that way. Yeah, that's too. Do you know what its name is? No. This is the labyrinth key. What a terrible and flowery way to explain the way that humans and elves and whatever you are. Warforged. Rude. What a terrible and flowery way to explain locking a god away. The maze is time, and the key is actually a key. They had me trapped here because the humans who who first founded Chronopolis decided that they needed weather more than they needed a passage to the afterlife properly. What? Doesn't make any sense. I, it doesn't make any sense. So I was there. And now... I'm out. Okay, fine. I'm gonna trick the speaker to try to just go in there. It's a part of Adamai. We have some beef. It's fine. He would have been in there. It's fine. So now you got your speaker back. But now, someone's in there. Something's in there instead. Someone, something, I don't know. Someone, something's in there instead. And I can stretch my old bones and I'm back to full health. I just want to run. Things need to run here. Not good enough. What's in there instead? You don't get something for nothing in this world. Zayo holds up one finger to you and puts his other hand on the compass. I pull out my dagger. I, I need to check. I can't just see it. Kids and they're daggers these days. Always trying to stab. And he puts his hand on the compass and says, I'm feeling... I'm feeling... It's not me. It's not my two siblings. It's... Something else? Helpful. Very good. I don't know. Guys, I'm gonna kill you both so soon. You're all gonna you're gonna die, and it's gonna be very uncomfortable. I didn't realize you were like had so few powers. Oh, uh, okay, fine. You know, full on. Uh, I'm feeling. Oh, God, I haven't this this freaking guy. Um, yeah, there's the undying lights in there. It's fine. I who get no one cares. What? Yeah, the undying lights in there. So- As they have enough, they have enough light to go around. So good. Now it doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be you. As he gestures toward the speaker. Is our is our friend in there too? No, no. This is this is for the adults. Can we can we just do this? Can we go? I, then I can go. I don't. I have I have a deal that I have to keep with you two. Can you? Can we just do the thing. As long as you promise to leave this this town, and go do your godly business somewhere else, far far away. I promise I will not do any more godly things in the city of Chronopolis. I do have I that. promise. Cool. Is the speaker going to be okay? Yeah, she needs to just sleep it off. It's fine. And are you going to be haunting her in her dreams or whatever things that gods of death apparently do? Not going to be ushering her down to the underworld or whatever? She What, you, what you can't trust me? No. no. Yeah, that's fine. That's fair. No, I won't do that. No. That's f- All right. Who wants to go for it? Who wants to see the thing? Also, I am like almost fainting all the time. Can we? Can we like get better? Oh, they ask me so many things. I'm trying to give the thing. Okay, fine. He lazily gestures, and uh, both of you get the effect of a long rest. Hey, because hey. I was at like seven hit points. Yeah, you're you welcome. Get, yeah, <laughs> spell slots. I suddenly feel great. All of your spell slots are back. All of your hit points are back. Okay, better. Okay, can we, please, I have things to do. I can't just kibitz around with you two while you tell me that I'm not a god or I'm just a terrible influence on okay. this world or the entire fabric of universe Wait. is going to fall apart. I, I know what just, I want. Okay, thank, thank you. Can we, like, 
go to the back of the room or something. I don't want to just do this right here. <laughs> you, want, you want to go over to the corner? Yeah. Okay, go. I want to walk to the back of the room at the back of the lecture hall. Okay. Where you can nap and chew gum and check your texts. <laughs> yeah, you, walk, you go up the stairs to one of the seats in the back, and Zayol uh, follows you. So I'm going to sit on the desk, legs on the chair in front of me, facing him and holding my dagger in my lap. I want to see the centering. As soon as the question is out of your mouth, you feel the desk under you disappear, and you get the sensation of falling for a second. But you are caught by a plush red velvet chair with two armrests on either side that are a little bit sticky. And in front of you is a massive movie screen, which is currently blank. And Seoul is sitting in another chair to your left, holding an oversized popcorn bucket and just throwing popcorn into his into his wide open mouth. Mm. Oh, I love this one. It's a classic. All the other gods think that old movies are boring, but I think they are the backbone of culture. And I'm so we're gonna see this one again. It's so great. If you need you can look at the subtitles if you need them. It's, it's very cultured. As the lights dim, uh Zeol claps respectfully. And the screen starts counting down. The movie starts with a shot of the night sky. The full moon hangs in the sky. And next to it, something seems like another moon or a hole in the sky. It is strange and amber and lit from the inside. And it's drowning out whatever stars there could be there to see. There are bars over the amber hole, and every few moments you hear a loud metallic thump that rings out over the sky. That's the brightest light illuminating most of the scene as the camera zooms in on a building, through a window, into a room not unlike the conference room at Kiko Castle. It glows with low candlelight. Inside, five people are getting up from their chairs at a round table. Some are shaking hands, some walk out. A sixth, an Azamar with golden wings and a rigid posture, takes a step back, watching them gather themselves. On each of the five, you see that one object catches your eye, like it's colorful and brighter and more filled in than the rest of the scene. A dwarf with a beard full of tiny bells touches the sword on his belt, which glows like a furnace even inside of its sheath. A green dragonborn relaces her boots, the same boots that you watched Representative Brink throw down to you in the muddy pit. An aracocra with boldly colorful feathers reaches for the labyrinth key and snaps it closed in a heavy-looking iron box. A kenku with a deep hood spit something out into their wing. It's a clownish mouth with big red lips and bright white teeth. They slip into their bag and walk out without another word or sound. A man with a shock of black hair and an expectant look on his face touches the bright medallion on his chest. The medallion is multiple circles inset with another, and it spins around as he fiddles with it. This man looks a lot like Alonzo. He looks at the Azimar, who points outside. All five people and the Azimar collect a few steps away from the door. This building seems to be in the middle of nowhere. You can't see any other roofs or lights on nearby. Your view pans around the landscape, and you see why. The building is surrounded by broken glass and brick and smashed stone and shattered wood as far as you can see. In the dark, it looks like a sea, rising and falling around piles of rubble. The Azamar moves their hands, conducting some sort of ceremony and motions towards the moon. Or maybe the amber void in the sky. Slowly, the sky closes around the void, and the thumps you heard get softer and softer. The amber recedes, and five stars appear where the border of the void just was. The Azamar sighs deeply, and everyone else, without looking back, walks away. 
That is brilliant filmmaking from the beginning of time. The beginning of time. It's. I always stick around for a post credit scene, but I, it's not worth it for this one. It just it, it exists. It's a real. I guess we're like living in the post credit scene if you really think about it, huh? Oh man, that's. You know. Okay. Okay. All right. If you kill anybody, I'm going to be very nice to the people that you murder. Very good. <laughs> it's very good. That is actually kind of sweet of you. I do what I do. That's all I got. All right. Let's go. Tracy, your legs fall out from under you, and you're now sitting. And you are now in the movie theater. Why is it so sticky? I tried to make it authentic. I brought you to a real place. Well, this is what I do for working with details. And I get Can I send you popcorn? No, no. I take a handful of this popcorn. Oh, my God. It tastes like nothing because you're a robot. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, how do you, what, what are you feeling? Um, I could go some raisinets. No, I'll, not I'll go, not I'll go to the concession stand and just, There um, is no concession stand. Like no, go. I'm talking about the movie. I had to well, go to the bathroom, though. It's right That before. you were physically impossible for you. I know how, it's not even a thing. I, I don't know. Okay. Um, Zale puts down the massive bucket of popcorn, and in his hands is one of those, like, really big DVD cases. <laughs> And he opens it up and he starts flipping through it. They have like very vague names written on them. Like one is War and one was Monsters. <laughs> and he's just flipping through and he's like, oh, man, oh, these are great. We got the creation of the world. We have, uh, oh, the full life of the murderous three-headed dragon. Uh, oh, we have the birth of the Warforged. That, yeah, that could be fun. You might like that. Oh, that's interesting. That is good. Um, I, I got everything. You're in comedy? Uh, like a drama? Whatever, whatever you want. I just, I really want to know, I just got to know if Johnny's okay. Can you show me that? It's a recent masterpiece. Okay. The lights dim and Zayul gets himself comfortable in his big chair. I steal another handful of popcorn. And the movie starts. You watch Johnny talk to the Undying Light. You hear the offer, his concerns about you, the obvious bristle in the Undying Light's voice, and finally, Johnny coming to terms with this request. As soon as the lights come back on, Zale groans. Oh, if I didn't control the theater with time and space, I would have just walked out of this. Can we put on a comedy? I have so many wars. Hilarious. Just look at that dragon one. Get out of here. You get one. You'll never catch me saying this ever again, Zegel, but thank you. Next time I see you, I'm going to kill you. Fair. Not the first time someone's threatened my life, but uh, you know what? We're, we're not done. That's right. I didn't answer all of your questions. Okay. You hear a loud pop, and next to you is Anara sitting in another big chair that wasn't there before. My mouth is full of cookies. Huh? <laughs> and Anara, where'd you get cookies? Uh, no outside food in the theater. I, I checked the drawers at the desk. It was full of cookies. And then you hear another pop, and Greg is sitting next to you in another chair. Why do these things keep happening to me? Why am I friends with you now? It is just as messed up as before. I want some cookies. I offer a Ziploc bag of cookies to Greg. They're like they're all full of spit, but oh, no. What about some Old Bay popcorn? I hate this so much. All right. Here's a movie I think you all like to see. Uh, roll the tape. And the movie starts up again. This movie starts in Alonzo's room. Yo, I know that one. Yeah, me, me too. Oh, you've been in there, right? Oh, sorry. Oh, don't talk to her. It starts with a happy montage. Alonzo is sitting in different places around his room. He doesn't sit in chairs properly, so he has like a leg over over one chair arm, or he's upside down, and then he's laying on the bed in different ways, and you see like 
the sun is in different positions in the sky. And then he, like, looks out the window a little bit, and then he goes back to bed, and then he goes back to a different chair. And in every single one of these shots, you see the unicorn is standing in the doorway. At one point, Alonzo walks to the doorway to see, like, if he can walk by the unicorn. And as he tries to cross the threshold, it opens its mouth and the speaker's voice comes out. Alonzo, stay here. You are not allowed to leave until I come back. And he sighs deeply, and then he goes back to his chair, and then his more just cuts around the room. Then at one point, he, like, tries to get his hands around the unicorn, and the unicorn is unmoved. And this goes on for days and days and days, and you see, like, these slide food to him and drinks, and, then, and eventually there's, like, plates all over his room. And no matter what, the unicorn is standing perfectly still in his doorway. Eventually, the jaunty 80s music fades away, and the speed slows down, and we're just kind of watching Alonzo. He's laying on his bed, throwing a ball into the air and catching it. And he throws in the air and catches it. And throws in the air and catches it. And he throws in the air. And suddenly, the unicorn jerks forward. It stumbles into Alonzo's room, just uncontrollable. And it just keeps stumbling around and just just smashing into all of his furniture. The ball hits Alonzo in the face and he's holding his eye and he's trying to jump out of the way of the unicorn. And he's like, what? What is what's happening? I need to go get help. Just stay right there. And he runs to the doorway. And as he's about to step out, the unicorn is still extremely shaky on its legs and it attempts to right itself. And you hear again the speaker's voice, Alonzo, stay there. You are not allowed to leave until I come back. And he says, but there's something wrong. I obvious, I need to help you. Alonzo, stay there. You are not allowed to leave until I come back. This is your final warning. Hold, wait, hold on. I have to, I gotta go get someone. And he walks out the door. And he takes a left outside of his hallway, and he's walking quickly. And the unicorn, still shaky, charges towards the exit, and it smashes into the wall outside of his door. At this point, Alonzo is 20 feet down the hallway now. And the unicorn picks itself up, even on its shaky legs, and it starts barreling directly towards him. He turns around, and he's shocked, and he only has enough time to throw his hands up, and nothing happens. The unicorn, mere inches away from him, is stopped in its tracks, bound by translucent chains. Alonzo just can't believe this. He's looking around. He's, like, looking for someone else to corroborate how ridiculous this is. And he just starts screaming, I cannot believe this. I'm just trying to help. I did everything that you told me to, and no one lets me do anything around here. I am the champion. Let me do something. And as he's screaming, an aura starts to surround his body. It is bright white light. It is piercing and excruciating and just hard on all of your eyes. He seethes and he heads back into his room, picks up some clothes from the floor and just stuffs it into a bag. He picks up a bow and arrow from the wreckage of his room and puts it over his shoulder. And as he works, the aura is getting brighter and brighter. He looks out the window, and, like, the camera is behind him now, so you get a really good shot of the sky. And you see his face contort with anger, rage, disappointment, frustration. He grabs an arrow out of his quiver and fires it at the wall. Emanating from where it hits is a translucent mist that spreads until it's the size of a doorway. He steps through, and they're gone. The camera lingers on the wall for a moment, then turns slowly to focus on a window over Alonzo's empty bed. Where just minutes ago, Anara saw five stars arranged in the sky over the former void. Now, there's just two. And one winks out. Yes. Oh, this is winner. The best picture of the year, for sure. I can say. It's perfect. It had everything. 
There was there were teens. They all just shut shut up. There was comedy. Just for two there seconds. was I just I loved it. So yeah, that's what that's what happened. Where did he go? I don't I don't I don't know. Greg, do you have any idea where he might have gone? Why why, why is there a unicorn protecting him? What, what what was that? That's not real, right? That's not real. No, it was the speaker just... did it before we left. I tried to convince him to come so we could bring him to you, but she wouldn't let him. Come on, that's not, that's not real. That definitely that did not happen. Come on, that's you're, you're god of trickery. Oh, okay, no, you're just trying to mess with us. I mean, that's a, I, no, that's a good point, Craig. I don't know. I'm let's go. Can't. Let's just go. We need to go to Fidopolis. Screw it. I don't care political implications. Let's just go. Can we go? I uh, let's go. I'm behind you. Let's do it. Zayol snaps his fingers, and you're back in the dome. Okay. Well, I'm done here. I'll see you later. As the kids say, goodbye. Wait. Dale, <laughs> <laughs> you owe us. Can you give us one of those magic doors and let us back out by the castle? Oh, bet you can't. Can I leave now? Bet you, bet you can't. can't. Bet you super can't. Oh. But you can't send four people through one of those doors, huh? I Only did three uh, before, no. right? Yeah, you've only done three. I haven't seen it four yet. Four people and a dog's really is hard stuff. Um, alligator bag? Yeah. You know? Right, right. Baggagator? Alabag. Alabag. Oh. Zayl stares at you both. <laughs> and he's like, can I just stop talking to you? I guess if you're gone, I can stop talking to you, which is good. So fine. And he throws open a door on the far side of the dome where you walked for all of your labors. And it swings open. And you see the familiar road in Phidopolis that winds up the hill to Kiko Castle. Hey, it's Eric. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate came out just a few days ago, and I've been playing it non-stop. My favorite character is Donkey Kong, but I'm excited to mess around with some of the other heavies, like K. Rule and that wrestling fire Pokemon furry sort of thing. I find myself gravitating towards heavy characters, because that's how I see myself sometimes. A little bit slower, but packing a very big punch. And for everyone's main character, they are finding a little bit of themselves in this fictitious animated fighting game. And this is the moment you find your main. Welcome to the mid-roll. Hold Z to block. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to our newest patrons. Rachel, Sarah H., Mackenzie, Bethany D., Jacob Edwards, Julian Bucklin, MDB, Sarah Y., Jessica, Documancer, Emma, Julia, Drew Morgan, Ryan, Noel, Yaron, Francis, Haley, Sam, Josh, Anushka, Tess, and Ben. It is the season of the holidays, and you are giving us the greatest gift of all, artistic support. You can continue to support us at patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. I feel like I've really been getting in the groove of my NPC backstories, where I kind of write what some of your favorite side characters are doing when they're not interacting with the game. I just did a Tumblr shitpost from Greg about the ice-breathing T-Rex, which was very good if I do say so myself. So if you want that, and I know you do, head on over to patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. Hey, do you want to see us in the meat space, like in real life, like reality? Well, we are having a multitude live show the same weekend as PodCon 2 in Seattle. That is right. We are going to be in Seattle on January 17th and 18th at the Rendezvous Theater with all of our multitude friends. And maybe, just maybe, there's going to be some fun guests. So you can go to bit.ly slash multitude in Seattle to get your tickets now. You do not want to miss this. We're going to have a lot of fun and we're just happy to have all of our podcast people come together. It's going to be amazing. Please come check it out. But if you want something that is happening sooner and also in Brooklyn, uh, you can come see me play some live Dungeons and Dragons on Saturday. So come hang out and watch me actually be a player at the show called No Experience Necessary, a live D&D game. It is Saturday, December 15th at Pine Box Rock Shop. That's at 12 Grattan Street in Bushwick, Brooklyn, New York. 
if you can't make it out to Brooklyn, there's also a Twitch stream, which is really sick. It's www.twitch.tv slash no XP necessary. You can check all of that out in the episode description. I would love to see you. We are sponsored this week by Shaker and Spoon. Shaker and Spoon is the best cocktail box that only requires you to get the alcohol and they bring everything else. Now, we are currently recording at Brandon's, and he has a muddler and, like, St. Germain and seven different types of whiskeys, so he can make all of the cocktails all the time. And I have, like, two stouts in my fridge, so I need some support. Jagger and Spoon are here for me. They give you all of those strange supplies that you need to make amazing drinks, but not too much that you're holding on to unshaved nutmeg for, like, three years. So you can go to shakerandspoon.com slash join the party and get $20 off your first box. That is so much off. That is so much less than the full price. Thank you, Shaker and Spoon, for blessing us with these wonderful, delicious cocktail ingredients. Once again, shakerandspoon.com slash join the party for $20 off your first box. And we are also sponsored this week by... I don't even have a joke. It's it's 20-sided store in Brooklyn, New York. It's always 20-sided store. I've been talking about Betrayal on the House of the Hill for as long as I've ever wanted to play board games with people, which is my entire life. But somehow, the people who make the game are kicking it up a notch. There is a new game called Betrayal Legacy. Now, a legacy game, which I learned from Lauren at 20 Sided Store, means that you're working with just one board and working through, like, a campaign-style game. Think, like, video games instead of Master Chief. You are a bunch of characters from a horror movie playing in this space. But you get your own ghost hunting group together, and all four or five or six of you play the actual game, and you, like, put stickers on the map, or you, like, tear up cards, and everything changes as you play through, like, different style missions. Now, if you want this, and this is so exciting, I know that you want this, you can go to 20-Sided Store in Brooklyn, New York, or go to 20SidedStore.com and pick up your very own board game today. Better yet, you can use our discount code join the party for 20% off. That is 20, the full word, sidedstore.com, and use our discount code join the party. Get someone a special game, get yourself a special game, get betrayed or not betrayed, however you want to play the game. Just go to 20 Sided Store in Brooklyn, New York. All right, let's get back to the show. Greg kicks in the front doors of Kiko Castle and it starts running through the hallways, throwing doors open wherever he can go. You guys check every single room in this place and Alonzo's not here. Are his parents there? Do the staff know anything? Since this prisoner swap for Gregina with Chronopolis, they've been pretty tied in political problems, so they have not really been around. The staff knows that he's not there. They've been dropping food at his door, just assuming that he'll show up. But they know that the unicorn's not there, and neither is Alonzo. So has anyone seen the unicorn either? No, the unicorn's also gone. Oh, good. You guys check Alonzo's room, and it is a mess. The furniture is trampled on. Tracy takes all of the dirty plates and silverware to the kitchen. Smart. While Tracy buses, Greg says, Oh, it's... It happened. And he points to a wall, and there's an arrow stuck in it. Well, let's get it ready for when he comes back. And start straightening up the furniture, clothes, shards of wood and glass, start sweeping up, and try to put the room to rights. A few of the servants took the speaker off your hands when you guys walked in, and she needs to rest for a few days. She's not ready to talk to people lucidly just yet. So Greg and I put the room to rights, and then we meet up with Tracy back in the room that we first stayed in, way back when, when we got uh, rescued from the jail cells to help defend Greg and Alonzo at their wedding. We're going to settle in for the night. I think we all know we have a couple days of waiting for the speaker to get back to full health. Mm -hmm. So Tracy takes the bottom bunk in case, you know, it collapses. He doesn't want to crush Anara. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thanks. And we wake up the next morning. Tracy, for the first time, does his routine of Tai Chi by himself and gets himself ready to do his errands in the castle today. He wants to get his gun fixed. I think cool. he wants to hang out with Greg a little bit more. 
yeah, I want to see, I want to, you know, look around, see how the city's doing. Uh, maybe go to the dog park. That'd be nice. Scrag look like he wants to come with us. Yeah. Hey, what are you, uh, what are you doing today? Any, anything on the agenda? Um, I don't know, maybe walk around. Kind of almost got arrested last time we were in the market. So uh, it'd be nice to just revisit. Do you, do you, do you want to come? You, you two are such messes. Yeah. Like big, massive, terrible, rule-breaking well, messes. Compare them to other people. We're just fine. And, and I think that's the opposite. In fair, we're often messy in service of cleaning up a different mess. That's the point. That is, yeah. Yeah, okay, sounds like fun. Let, let's go do some stuff. Cool. So I think the first thing you're going to do is let's try to fix Tracy's gun. Now, Tracy, who, who might be able to fix your gun in Fidopolis? I mean, Cole. Oh, yeah. Call up my good buddy, Cole. Man, definitely, does not have a lot of Who definitely of likes you, and you definitely didn't try to wreck her shop the last time you were there. Yeah. Maybe, you know, time heals all wounds kind of thing. Um, more importantly, I got to get my gun fixed. So. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's the only option. Yeah. You walk down to the market in Fidopolis, and you try to go down some side streets. You get yourself turned around about five times it takes a lot longer than when alonzo tried to wheel your way through but eventually uh you make it to cole's house and you see the same lock that holds the gate together and her front door which you know eventually leads up the stairs to her workshop but it seems just as impenetrable as you saw it the first time tracy yells into the shofar galaxitron the lock unfurls and the gates open and as you walk through, uh, you see that there is a note pinned to the front door. And this says, Off to Infropolis. See you at the Concentric Wrestling Championship. Go Alabaster. Cole. All right, I guess, I guess we got to come back another time. Anara, what's on your list? Uh, I don't know. I Wait, we're just not doing anything? What was the point here? I was just going to suggest, Greg, that we go for... A little walk to my favorite place in Photopolis. And O'Cake is wagging her tail excitedly and kind of like jumping around Greg's feet. Okay, this, okay, this is really cute. Okay. Uh, O'Cake. Poof into my arms. O'Cake poofs into his arms. Yeah. Okay, let's go to the dog park. Okay, do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to play with the other puffs? Oh, yes, you do. Dog park sting. <laughs> it's just roof. <laughs> you know, we've never actually talked about it. What does the dog park look like? So it's in a like elaborate kind of hedge garden. You know, like one of those like mat like immaculately manicured English style gardens mm -hmm. um, with a bunch of low hedges that are kind of like a natural barrier. But there's like a long run where the dogs can like do their zoomies back and forth down this like big long like almost like lawn bowling style lawn. Sure. There's a little like mud puddle. There's a couple of like stone troughs of water and there are benches lining the span of it. So I'm going to go ahead and sit down on one of those benches with Tracy and um, say to Greg like go at it man. Just like lay down. Let some puppies climb on you and uh, I don't know. See how it feels. Greg walks to the uh, middle of the dog park and he looks around and he sees like 20 dogs that are running around and he squats down and he says loudly hey dogs I'm going through a very strange breakup can you just like can you help me out <laughs> and a bunch of dogs turn around and run at Greg at full speed and six dogs are currently on top of Greg you also look around and there's like a little shack that has a bathroom and you see that Oatcake has poofed on top of the, on top of the shack in the bathroom. She and just is like, the queen of the dogs. She just likes watching every, everything go on. Yeah, very relatable. There's also an interesting thing. Anara, you're about to try to take Oatcake off of the bathroom door. And there's a poster that says some rules about the dog park. Like, dogs must be on a leash outside of the dog park, all that stuff. Keep big dogs and little dogs away from each other. But it's printed on, like, a poster of someone walking a dog it's staged and this is like an actor is this person is very pretty and you look at it and the dog looks a lot like oatcake i'm gonna look between the poster and oatcake and the poster and oatcake and then just say uh be safe girl i'll just be over there 
and walk back to the bench with Tracy. So, uh... Listen, I, I know we have had our differences before, but I, I guess I never really talked to you about it. And I just want you to know that I really want to be a good person. And I, I really want to do good things. But I think sometimes you have to do bad stuff to make things better. And I don't take it lightly. And I don't do it for fun. And if there ever comes a time again where I have to pull a Cali, just know that I'm not going to do it lightly. Tracy shuffles his feet a little bit. Yeah, I think I, um, I think I understand that a little better now. And I, uh, I learned a lot of stuff. I, I don't think I can see things as black and white as I used to. And I don't think I was right to see them as black and white as I used to. It's, there's gray areas. I mean, I did some stuff I'm not thrilled about. You did some stuff that I'm sure you've thought a lot about. But in the end, I think we're both on the same page and we're working towards the same goal. And, uh... Yeah. I think everything's sort of shifted. You know? It's, uh, it's, it's funny being back here where you were just some guy near me when I got arrested. Right, right over there. And she points where outside the dog park is the St. Market stall that they were arrested outside of. I did steal a cantaloupe, by the way. I never told you that. Yeah, I, I, f- I figure as much. Okay. okay. It yeah. was actually, yeah, it's pretty much my fault. Uh, Your cantaloupe's very underrated. It's the best fruit. It's a really good melon. I couldn't resist. It's a good melon. You look over at the market stall, and there are <laughs> pictures of all three of you. And you're all looking, like, deranged into a camera. Yeah, and I, I guess the stuff that brought me to Fidopolis doesn't matter as much to me anymore and the important thing to me is sticking with you and keeping you safe keeping okay safe trying to make things right with alonzo even even that slobbery mess and i gesture over to where greg is covered in 10 dogs it's so beautiful it's relieving all of my sad feelings (laughs) yeah i um Look, I, I was—I came here searching for things that I realized that it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's here. It's okay over there. Um, I think we're family now. Stoneface is our cousin. Yeah, I feel like more of like a young uncle, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, as long as you're okay with it, I think uh, slate's clean, and um, I'm with you moving forward. I don't think I ever asked, but do you like hugs? I love hugs! <laughs> All the dogs turn, ears pricked. And uh, I was going to give Tracy a, a big old hug. Like an under cape hug. You really want to roll for this? It's weird. I got a 40. Well, I got a 37. 200. Yeah, it's a very good hug. I think I think uh, we might need to shovel Craig out from underneath these dogs at some point. Uh, yeah, maybe one of us should learn prestidigitation, huh? It might be helpful. So we'll uh, we'll collect Greg and help him uh, straighten up, summon Okay down from the roof, and kind of start a, a ambling walk back to the castle. Sure. I think for the rest of the night we're gonna take it easy. Greg's had a very emotional day with all these dogs. A lot of catharsis, you know. There was just so many dogs. They were all so cute. So. They're heavier than you think they are. <laughs> they really are. a blanket, right? It's really nice. But like a nice weighted blanket. Oh, yeah. They're all nice. Do you guys want to get pizza and just like watch the water weird kind of in the lake? Sure. Yeah. And as you guys head to back to the castle. We're definitely going to put in an order for four pizzas, by the way, with the first staff member we see. <laughs> one with pepperoni, one plain cheese. One with peppers. One with, yeah, just literally every vegetable. Every yeah. single vegetable. Every yeah, single yeah. vegetable. Garden pizza. And then the other one is dessert pizza. Yep. Nice. I like it. Yeah, it's good. Cinnamon sugar frosting kind of situation. Oh, yeah. So you grab somebody from the kitchen and you give them your pizza order. 
and instead of heading like away from the kitchen as you guys usually do greg takes a turn that you didn't know was there it's like around the corner from the kitchen like you take a left and then a right and then a left and then a right and then two rights and greg puts his hand on a a door and looks no different like all the other doors in the castle and he looks around anara you showed me your favorite place in the city and I remember before you were talking about like, oh man, there are so many rooms in the castle. I yeah, that's why it's like so so big, such a castle. It's like, such a so ca- I know such a castle. There's seventeen rooms just for plants, and there's one just for shields. Not even swords, just, just shields. shields. The most boring part of any armor. There's one that just has a fountain. Indoor just fountain. a fountain. That's just a good one. one. That's actually a very good one. I like I that one a lot. It's not my favorite though. It's very good. Um, listen, you haven't seen the three different rooms for raisins exclusively. That's, that's my favorite one. <laughs> I love raisins. So many raisins. Raisins are great. But actually my favorite room, I'd like to show you. He opens the door and leads you inside. And this room is chocked full of stuff. <gasps> Room of stuff. It's just room of stuff. It's just room of stuff. Room of stuff. Room of stuff. And Greg says, this is where everything else goes. No one even knows that half of the stuff is in here. Um, and there's some like pretty powerful stuff in here. I'll take one of each, please. That seems Okay, well I don't want to I don't wanna Yeah. It's definitely dangerous, definitely insecure. I don't take too much. It's like I don't want anyone to notice that I'm just like picking off. Things? Oh yeah, it's like stealing you from the it. market. You gotta like, just do one by one. Like, no, s- I don't want to compare myself to thieves. It's not a thief. It's like a small crime, very small crime. You know, in Raiders of the Lost Ark with Indiana Jones, how like they take the ark and they just put it in a box, and it, it's like this massive warehouse that goes on forever. Yes, it looks like that in here. It's just like piles and piles and piles of stuff, but it's sorted like a thrift shop. So you guys can just root through. And pick out something you want. Tracy's going to take two steps back and run for exactly six seconds and stop. Well, that's pretty far. And he digs his long arm of the law so he doesn't get hurt. Smart. Into a pile. Brandon, roll a d20. Don't you let me down, 20. Eleven. Okay, I want you to, now. I want you to roll a d six. Don't you let me down. Six. Two. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, you shoot the long arm of the law down, and it latches onto something heavy. Ooh, I like heavy. And you pull out a shield. Ooh, I like shields. Yeah, the shield is shimmering silver, and it has a blank expression of a face on it. This is called the shield of expression. <laughs> so when you when you are bearing the shield, you can use a bonus action to alter the face's expression. If it matches the tenor of the encounter, you get a bonus that would help that encounter. Help that particular tenor. But if you want to do a different sort of emotion, throw them off, make it laugh. If you want to do a different sort of emotion that like doesn't match the tenor of the room then you need to do a deception check to convince it that something else is different that is delightful and very helpful for a not robot exactly so for example if you were at a fancy party but you wanted extra ac then you would have to convince that you were in a fight and you'd have to put on like an angry face and then you would do a deception check so that is the shield of expression cool awesome. i dig bang rang another look what i got whoa what's its name Shieldy! I like it. Sheila? Sheila's good. I heard. She- I also heard Sheila. Yeah, cool. I, said, I said Sheila. Originally. Sheila and Tally, friends forever. Sheila and Tally, friends forever. They, they get can. into hijinks. They get into hijinks. They go on adventures and they're both smiling because they both have mouths. <laughs> 
I am going to walk to the side of the room, so like not super far back, not in a corner necessarily, but kind of just like a quotidian, like random side of the room, and look for a pile that has a book on it. Because to me, that's the most boring. I'm a character here. Uh, <laughs> and I'll stick my hand into the pile mm-hmm. under the books and grasp the first thing I can. Got 19. Roll a d6. One. That's the number one item. She gets the best one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh-oh. Uh, you stick your hand in, and you feel something rough on your hands. Okay. You pull it out, and you have a stick. Like it's, it's pretty hefty, and it's like, like a- buffed and shined. Is it like a stick you can hit people with? You could, but it's it's can you more throw marshmallows on it. You you also could, but really, as you move it around, you realize that it has a really good like weight to it, and you could just like toss it. And Oatcake is staring at the stick. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna toss it down the room. Okay, fetch, I guess. You toss it, and you hear a loud pop, and it disappears. Oatcake barks, and she goes for a running start. And she blinks in, out of existence. Interdimensional fetch! We'll come back to that. Greg is rooting around in a box. He's like off of his feet. And he roots around. And he pushes himself up in a grass rare. Like, oh, okay, I got something. And he's holding a ID card. It says manager at Duvin Boosters. Oh my oh, freaking no. Lord. And the name on it is Gervin. Oh, no. Hey, look, I'm the manager now. I'm the manager of Duvin Boosters. Wow. If Greg makes a very low deception check, he can convince people that he's the manager. <laughs> that is freaking That's delightful. so specific. Hi, I'm Gervin, and I'm the manager of Duvin Boosters. Eric, I do need you to roll a deception check for me. What did you get? He rolled a 22. <laughs> He deceives me. Yeah, so you think so you two both think for a moment that he works at Duvin Booster and he's a manager. I'm just like, oh, wait, did, did you lose that ID card? Is that Yeah, you've always worked there. Is that what you were doing? Oh wait. Wait, wait is this the game? Yeah, see that's this is no, this is what the thing does. Whoa. Hey look, look I'm Gervin. Welcome I, Can you roll another seven check for me? No, it's still the same one. He's like, Hey, I'm Gervin. You need cash. Our credit card machine is broken. That sounds that about right good, for Duvin Boosters. It's pretty good, yeah. My name's Gervin. It's pretty good. Gervin really also says his own name. I'm not good at impressions. Craig, that was really fun. Thanks for showing us. Yeah. Um, let's not come back here. I've stolen so many things from here. That's very yeah, fair. Yeah, probably quibble your head. It's a really good crime lesson. Oh, wow. I'm a criminal now. Cool. Welcome. Hi. I don't like it. Welcome. No. Not. <laughs> Well, you know, Greg, that the best crimes end with pizza. So why don't we go and pizza, see if they're ready? Pizza, pizza, pizza. All right, pizza it is. So we'll go uh, pick up our pizzas. What's the fantasy equivalent of a pizza box? Do they have, have pizza boxes? That comes with pizza boxes. No? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you can't improve upon perfection. That's true. Fair. So we'll pick up our pizzas and then go down to sit by the lake. Okay. A few hours later, you're pretty far into your chill sesh. You're just hanging out. Most of the pizza's gone. And Greg is playing Tracy at chess. And Inara, okay, comes back. Oh, girl, I was worried about you. And she has the stick in her mouth. And she also has something else. Uh, she has a trident in her mouth. How, how, how long is the trident? It's, like, longer than the stick. I, like, hold out both of my hands so she can deposit it in, in them. And she goes, bleh. You got the trident of needling. This thing, if you throw it, you can crit on a 19. Oh, and uh, is a stick just a stick? So the stick is called the stick of fetching. It is called the stick of fetching. You're fucking shit. No, it's called the stick of fetching. <laughs> okay, you can throw the stick up to a thousand feet. This thing flies. Damn. After throwing it, the stick becomes lost in time and space, but magically appears with oatcake when she returns it in one d four hours. Okay. Every time you do it, your dog may bring back something retrieved. Okay, so we're just going to be playing this forever then. Love it. I mean, Oatcake will be gone for a few hours at a time, but yeah. Love it. Check. And, uh, mate, I'm pretty pretty sure mate. 
I don't know how you're so good at chess. That doesn't I make any sense. Should have taught me. you how to play. Yeah, first. probably. Uh, anyway, um, hey guys, I've been thinking a lot, and um, do we wanna do something for Johnny? Yeah. Uh, sometimes when someone, you know, left, uh, what we would do back in the the Great Green is a bonfire. And then you write something to them. And at the same time, you put it all in. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of nice. And, you know, wherever he is, I, I think he would like that. I think so, too. You know, I'll get the word out. You guys plan it. I'll tell everybody. Let's just yeah. do it here tomorrow, nightfall. Tomorrow nightfall. I'll start working on the calligraphy now. Thanks, Craig. Be very swoopy. The next night, you start to get ready for the ceremony. Tracy, you've collected some scrap wood from the woods and set up the pyre. Uh, Nara, you've cleared out everything on the beach and raked it and made it look real nice. And as the sky starts to darken, you see Greg is running up to the edge of the water. <sighs> okay, I got as many people as I could find. I think they all... They heard Johnny's name and they just all... I got a lot of people. I don't know some of them. Is that okay? Yeah, that's great. They seem yeah. chill. Okay. Right behind Greg, walking at a swift pace, you see three men in dark green robes. Huey, Dewey, and Louie? The three men look at each other and say, Who, who is this Hugh, Hubert, Dubert, and Lubert? Uh, so, so, that's really embarrassing. I'm, I'm so sorry. I must have mixed you up with somebody else. Is this the Johnny B. Goodlight ceremony? Yeah, yeah. just a, you know, little, a little way to say goodbye. We're, we're so sorry for your loss. We've, we've known Johnny when he was only a child. Well, our grand, great, great grandfathers did. We're from the, the... Oh, are you from the the monastery? We are. Welcome. Wow. Thanks, thanks for coming. Thank you. That means a lot. We've only heard stories of Jonathan, but we hear he was fun, and that's more than any of our we can say for any of our grandfathers. We came to pay our respects. We can talk about stories for sure. We got a few. There's a there's some some paper over there, and um, you're welcome to write down a, a memory or a. A wish, and then we'll we'll put it all in together later. They uh, bow deeply to you two, and they walk over to the writing station. You then see ten women, uh, all of different races and uh, outfits, and it seems that some of them are a little worse for wear. Other of them look extremely pristine, and you do have no idea how they are all related to each other or no Johnny. Hi, welcome. Uh, one of them steps forward, uh, a dwarven woman with a very, very long red beard. Uh, excuse me. Is this the Johnny B. Goodlight ceremony? Yeah. Yep. Welcome. Hi. I'm Hello. Amara. I'm Alphaba. It's nice to meet you. Uh, we all kind of met on the way in here. Uh, it's an interesting. Uh, I guess it, it's kind of funny to say collectively. We're all Johnny's ex-girlfriends from various times and places. Uh, he said, we're all now best friends, turns out. Recently, it's very quick. I guess we're all bonded by this one thing. He was, uh, he was something else, so I, I hope you guys have a lot of good stories. All of them laugh when they hear you say that. Something else is right, I can tell you that much. Okay, I really don't want to know anymore. Thank you for coming. I Please write down point. a wish. <laughs> Please write down a memory. Write down a wish. Writing it where I can't hear it. Just pretend I'm like his adopted daughter. That's the level of detail I want on your dating life. Thank you. I love you. I remember this one time. Thanks for coming. Right that way, ma'am. All right, girls. Let's write some secrets down. Uh, you see three young men who all look very similar to each other. And they all have Alonzo's uh, shock of black hair. They are leading Joe the camel up the gravel path to Kegel Lake. Hey, Joe, what up? Uh, Joe spits at you, but kindly. I hug Joe's leg. 
you look down and you see that Joe's sneakers have been shined for the occasion. Oh, thanks, guys. Nice sneaks. Uh, hey, hi. Uh, Huey, do you, Louie? There you go. Nah, what up? What's up? You guys should go meet oh, those wait, monks. Oh, wait, it's solemn. Solemn. We have to be solemn. Listen. What's up? What's up? There are some monks over there in green. I think you guys be like weirdly best friends. So um, maybe go say hi. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, we only knew Johnny for one day, but. What a day, right? Yes, what a day. Yeah, more people come through. A lot of people who you've interacted with over your time. Uh, Captain Alex. Comes in her uh, formal pirate outfit. James walks through uh, wearing white because he doesn't believe to wear black to any sort of ceremony. Does he have white flowers in his beard? He does. Yes. They're uh, they're very, very fragrant. And then as the sun dips behind the horizon, you hear a loud flapping noise. A flock of bombolates led by Stoneface cut across the red sun. Hey, I didn't miss anything, did I? No, you're right on time. Hey, and Tammy and Taylor, they come running up to make sure that they're not late. So I'm going to look over at Tracy and nod and we'll walk over to the pyre, which is ringed in alternating black and white stones that we found on the beach. And using a flint fire starter, I'm going to light the pyre. Wait, wait, Anara. And I stop Anara right before she touches the fire to the wood and hand her a pair of socks, and a pair of sandals. I thought it'd be appropriate. Thanks, Trace. So I'll, I'll sit my butt in the sand um, and switch out my boots for the socks and sandals. And once the pyre is lit, I'm going to kind of wave to the crowd and say, um, thank you guys so much. Um, we really appreciate you coming. And I know that we haven't known Johnny for as long as, as some of you did. And others, you only had a, a quick visit but um, he meant a lot to all of us. And where I come from, it's important to let the person know what they meant to you. So please feel free to come down to the pyre and put your paper in. Um, and, and what we say is, may your words turn to light. Thanks. And um, she'll place her paper into the fire. Tracy places his paper into the fire as well. Uh, the rest of the crowd take their step forwards and puts their their papers in. Each piece catches light and uh, slowly turns into ash and smoke. And as all of you are standing there on the edge of the lake, you smell the night's breeze. You smell the distinct waft of a bonfire. And then it changes. You smell old books and drying ink and the undeniable smell of apples. Tracy's going to spend the rest of the evening trading stories with all of Johnny's friends and family and lovers. <laughs> and, uh, I remember one time. <laughs> uh, I walk abruptly away to <laughs> stand silently next to Captain Alex on the shore for about 90 seconds. That's all I can take. Uh, and then I'll go back to, <laughs> to hang out with Joe. Oatcake sitting on uh, on his hump. And the evening winds down. People trickle back to the castle. Tracy and Inara make sure that the bonfire is completely out. And we and Greg walk back to the castle. As you're heading back, one of the servants runs out and grabs Tracy and Inara and says, The speaker needs to see you now. She's awake and she asks for both of you by name. Join the Party is co-produced by Brandon Grugel, Amanda McLaughlin, and me, Eric Silver. Special thanks to our creative consultants, Hetty Hunts, Connor McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Misha Stanton. Our visual design is by Allison Wakeman, the art mom, and our transcripts are by Nicole, with two L's, Seagirt. The Party doesn't stop here. 
The day after every episode comes out, we publish The After Party, where we sit down to discuss what just happened, learn what could have happened, and answer your questions. You can keep the party going by following Join the Party Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We've also got merch, music from the show, and transcripts for every episode on our website, jointhepartypod.com. And you can email us at hello at jointhepartypod.com. For even more Join the Party goodness, check out our Patreon. By becoming a patron, you get access to a wonderful community in our Discord, exclusive merch, character backstories, bloopers, and so much more. That's at patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. Another great way to help the show is to recommend Join the Party to a friend. Get them caught up fast by sending them the link to our start page, which contains our beginner episodes for those new to D&D, and our plot recaps at jointhepartypod.com slash start. Join the Party is a founding member of Multitude, an audio collective and consultancy. Type Multitude into your podcast app to subscribe to the fantastic other shows in our collective, Horse, Potterless, Spirits, and Waystation. Or find out more about us and access our resources for podcasters at multitude.productions. We'll see you in two weeks. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.